The Federal Reserve makes a commitment to keep the economic recovery moving to the upside. Nike earnings and where does Nike go from here? And is CrowdStrike a buy? This is the Running With The Money podcast. Let's get into it. My, oh my, what a wild day in the Marcus today. Absolutely insane, but the Dow Jones currently down 143, NASDAQ up 90 points. The S&P 500 flat, uh, just up five points. The Rust 2K up 19 points in the VIX. My, oh my, that's back down $1.24, but back up above 20, unfortunately. Now, what else is going on? Well, given that the market is a bit worried about inflation, we better talk about yields. Right now, the 10-year Treasury yield is currently sitting at 1.732%. In just the past five days, that sucker has gone from 1.6% to 1.732%. It was at a high of 1.75% at a certain point. Many experts believe that this is going to very quickly and soon, within the next few months, go up over 2%, possibly even reaching 2.5%. I saw um, in one of the articles I went through, So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But as we have said, if you really take a look at a long-term chart of the U.S. 10-year Treasury yield, what you can see, let's go to a long-term chart here. Back in, you know, 2017-18, this thing was sitting all the way up right about 3.05%. And then it came right back down uh, late 2019 to right just under 2%. And then obviously the uh, the crash, COVID-19 crash hit, and that thing has absolutely gotten nailed now. And it was down at least at the March lows all the way down to, you know, 0.68%. Now it's back up to 0.72%. So, you know, just under 2% seems to be the sweet spot that previously was, you know, liked by the market. But that was the accepted, um, I would say, level for the 10-year treasury, you know, pre Uh, COVID-19 crash, it was really nice when it was under 2%. We were like, yes, under 2%. The stock market was happy about that, and growth stocks were happy. And now uh, we're at 1.72%, and everyone's freaking out. Um, And part of the reason, I don't think it's all because of these yields moving higher. Personally, I don't think the market is selling off entirely on just yields moving higher. I think it's more uh, future inflation fears. In fact, um, someone on Twitter put out a poll today. And it was basically, are you fearing inflation? And if I pull that poll up right now, a lot of people are mixed, absolutely mixed on what is going on um, when it comes to inflation. A lot of people are not sure what to think. You know, they're, they're a bit confused as to, you know, what's going on with inflation. And, you know, the question on this poll by uh, at Uncommon Yield on Twitter, shout out to him, does the Fed printing tons of money scare you? Why or why not? Um, and the options were hell yeah, kind of, nope. Um, and what is the Fed? A joking question there. And many people responded with hell yeah. 39.2% responded with yes. Um, you know, we are worried about the Fred conti- the Fed uh, continuously printing. They are worried about the government and the U.S. government continually printing. Um, and overall, if you scroll through the responses to that poll, a lot of people are worried about what is going on and what is going to happen when it comes to inflation in the the future. And I think that's partially why people are worried. They look at the yields right now and they're like, okay, so they're going up quite quickly. Um, now this could just be a common rebound, but what happens if this goes up way over 2%? If this
this goes back to that, you know, 2018 level we saw up near the high 3%, oh, the high 2%, low 3%. What happens when that occurs? Um, and, you know, it's really a good question. Now, rising rates aren't great for tech stocks and growth. And that's why when these things go up, you often see uh, your tech sell off. But that's all the uh, yield and rate talk I want to talk about. Uh, just know that it's been all over the day. It op- They opened uh, down and then they skyrocketed midday. And then now they're back to flat and the market can't really decide what to do. But the NASDAQ is definitely outperforming the market today. Possibly a bounce in growth after quite a bit of selling this week, especially yesterday. Maybe a quick bounce before more selling on Monday. Who knows? But it is nice to see that the Fed, as you know, they made that commitment and they reassured us within just the past 48 hours that they are here to stay. Jerome Powell said they are all in at the Fed when it comes to keeping the economic recovery moving forward. Now, uh, their main program, it purchases $120 billion in bonds per month, which is insane. Um, and then not only that, but they have also committed to keep rates near zero up in through 2023. Uh, We'll see if we actually get that. Uh, I think inflation might cause them to uh, rethink their current plan, but who really knows? Now, shifting into the biggest analyst calls of the day, I want to talk about Bank of America's call on Alphabet. They uh, named a buy, reiterated their call on Alphabet. I 100% agree. I take a look at Alphabet stock right now, um, and it's an excellent company. Now, yes, it is a growth name, but it's one of those fang names that seems to do well in almost Almost any environment, I think the stock will move higher. If you take a look at the one-year continuous upward trend well within it, it's been consolidating actually since really the beginning of the year, um, since last month or just about the first, you know, I would say the 27th of January. It's been consolidating roughly since then, just the end of January. It's been consolidating since. It's a solid name. Popped up over 2,000. It's pretty much been in the very, very low 2,000s, currently at 2032. Um, I do think that you can go long here on Alphabet for the long term if you have a 5 to 10 year investment outlook. Um, but I definitely do agree with the buy here. Alphabet's awesome. Uh, and, you know, some of their segments, such as YouTube, are just going to continue to grow exponentially. In fact, I think that's the future. And I eventually think platforms like YouTube and Netflix and Disney Plus um, and all of these new streaming platforms are going to put TV right out of business. Now, I'd also like to talk about some of these uh, industrial uh, auto aero um, upgrades here. Uh, so we got You know, we got an upgrade, a raised price target on Boeing to 300. And then uh, out of Barclays, we get a Ford upgrade to overweight. I like both of those. Ford is shifting to electric. I think they're going to take a little longer to shift to electric than, say, GM. But I definitely do think that Ford is, you know, I think they're going to see pretty good business uh, throughout their electric shift, no matter what, personally. Um, And some of the EV technology that Ford is proposing um, and has been releasing recently looks pretty sick. Um, So I definitely do think that they're going to be successful in the EV space. And then the Boeing price target raise, I completely agree with. Uh, It's one of my holdings. Now, full disclaimer, I did trim back Boeing and Wells Fargo yesterday. And I did that because both positions, Boeing and Wells Fargo, both of those stocks in, I would say, the past uh, two weeks have gone parabolic to the upside. Um, And those positions reached 20% gains plus. And I like to trim back a little of my positions once they hit a 20% plus gain, take a little bit of those gains off the table, raise some cash and buy the weakness in other sectors. So I have cash and I'm looking to buy in some of the tech names that have been sold off continuously throughout the past few weeks. 
Um, and then finally rounding out the analyst calls, Wells Fargo raised his price target on Chipotle to $1,775 per share. I like it. Chipotle is an excellent company, excellent restaurant brand. I believe they were strengthened throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. They um, developed a lot of new digital ordering services and which have actually increased their sales. So I do like Chipotle. And then Bank of America upgrading Peloton as a top long-term pick. Now, I'm not as bullish as others on Peloton. Uh, a breakdown on Peloton is dropping right after the show um, at runningwiththemoney.com. But, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Peloton personally, but it's definitely an excellent company. They're seeing a lot of growth. How long can they sustain that growth? That is really my worry. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just exercise equipment. So how long can they actually sustain that growth? But who knows, possibly for a very long time. And then BMO reiterated Netflix as a buy. I 100% agree with that, um, especially after its recent move to the downside. If you take a look at Netflix stock, it's at 512 bucks a share. Um, just a few weeks ago, it was at 586 it's been consolidating and creating a base since July of 2020. Um, so honestly, I do think you can buy Netflix here likely moves higher throughout the next year. So that's all the top analyst picks I'd like to talk about today. Um, but we're going to shift in real quick into Nike earnings. Now, I want to talk about Nike earnings because it's one of those companies that people always go to. It's a steady company. They have a dividend. Um, and a lot of people do tend to like Nike stock, um, not only because they're an iconic U.S. brand, but because they have consistently turned out earnings growth Um Almost always, I don't remember the last time that Nike actually reported um, no growth whatsoever. So they are continually growing iconic brand across the world. Now, taking a look at earnings, um, I saw a few issues here. So the earnings, they were good, but then they had some sales decreases in segment by segment, and I didn't like that. So if we take a look here, uh, I'd like to start off with just going over revenues, $10.4 billion in revenues. That's up 3% um, year over year. And then in greater China, they reported a revenue growth of 51%. So excellent growth um, when it comes to emerging markets, China, excellent stuff there. Uh, direct sales for $4 billion, that's up 20%. Um, and then Nike digital brand assets or sales increased to 59, uh, increased 59%. So solid stuff there, definitely solid stuff. But the issue comes when they reported their North America revenue declined by 10%. Um, and that was due to supply chain challenges. Um, according to management, they said, quote, our third quarter revenue performance was impacted by distribution related to the COVID-19 pandemic, particularly in North America and EMEA. Uh, North America revenues declined 11% on a currency neutral basis, largely driven by global container shortages and U.S. port uh, congestion, which delayed the flow of inventory for the third quarter and in, in the past few weeks um, over at Nike. So what do I take from that? Okay, so they probably would have had an outstanding quarter if it weren't for the supply chain shortages caused by the global pandemic. Um, so overall, I am still bullish on Nike and the stock being down on this. I really do think you buy it here. I think you can buy Nike stock here for a few reasons. First off, it's down, uh, what, 3.9%. It's been pretty much flat um, in, in the past four months here. And it's an excellent company, solid company. And you'll see some of the numbers I go over here in a minute. But they, they're down $5.68 right now. They just closed down 4% nearly on all revenues increasing but U.S. revenues. So, you know, sales could have been better, but I definitely do think they will see a boost um, after the COVID-19 issues are all sorted out here. Now, gross margin also increased 130 basis points to 45.6%, um, and EPS came in at 90 cents. So overall, you know, they beat expectations on Wall Street salad stuff there. 
Um, and then if we dig into here, the cost of sales, cost of sales actually, even though revenue grew by 3% and Greater China sales increased by 51%, uh, their cost of sales came out actually with a 0% increase. So solid stuff there. Um, and then not only that, but if we take a look at net income, net income rose 71% to $1.449 billion. So I like that as well. Overall, Nike earnings were solid. Definitely not a reason to sell, in my opinion, but a reason to buy Nike here into weakness, buy an excellent company in the weakness with a $1.10 dividend. Solid stuff there. Now, we, before we get into the individual breakdown on CrowdStrike, we have to talk about these EV stocks. These EV stocks, these electric vehicles and one hydrogen play have been getting absolutely destroyed, just sold off to the downside. Um, some of them investigated by the SEC, some of them misreporting and having accounting errors. My, oh my, what is going on with the EV space? And I'm sure you are all wondering. Well, first off, let's preface what the EV in uh, new vehicles, let's call it, sector has been doing. It has been going parabolic for no joke prior to this recent NASDAQ sell-off months. This space has just been going insane. You look at a Tesla chart, you look at a Neo chart, you look at a Lordstown Motor chart, you look at a plug power chart, it's been straight up for months prior to this NASDAQ sell-off. And the minute this NASDAQ sell-off hit, then the bad news started to roll out. So plug power, first off, um, they reported accounting errors to the SEC. That stock dropped nearly 20% on that news. And then we got just days ago, Lordstown Motors was hit with an SEC investigation after the company was accused of misleading investors on its progress and timeline. And then on top of all of this, we get a Neo sell-off. We get Tesla selling off. We get all these companies selling off. We get, you know, Lucid dropping on their SPAC announcement. Um, and really what it all comes down to is a few things. First off, Tesla, in my personal opinion, is still the number one electric vehicle play in the market. I, you know, their technology is ahead. Um, and not only is their technology ahead, some smaller companies might have similar technology. Not only, not only that, but they have, act, you know, they've managed to scale manufacturing quickly. Um, and when I say that, they are here. They are to scale. Tesla is selling and manufacturing and currently building more factories. Meanwhile, you have Lucid. You've got Lordstown Motor. you got Plug Power. All of those, all of their vehicle plays, all of the, either their electric vehicle plays or fuel cell plays are way out. Um, I, you know, that's part of the SEC investigation here on Lodestown Motor is they said they'd be manufacturing within the year. And one of their engineers, I believe, you can fact check me on this, came out and said, no, it's actually going to be more than years out. Um, so really what it comes down to is this. These companies, um, everyone invested as if they were going to be manufacturing vehicles tomorrow. And the fact of the matter is, is to scale and to actually manufacture on a huge scale, these EVs, these new vehicles, you have to have billions of dollars and it takes time. It takes years to scale manufacturing. Tesla is, you know, one of the first companies in forever, uh, new, one of the first auto companies in forever to actually scale manufacturing to the same size as say, um, or nearly the same size as say a GM or a Ford. So overall, in my opinion, what we have to do is we have to take a step back and we have to say, okay, uh, is Lucid Motors going to be successful? Is there going to be, are there going to be other successful EV um, plays in the future? Yes. I do think that Lordstown Motor is going to be successful in the future. I do think that Lucid is going to be successful in the future, especially Lucid. That's a premium play on the electric vehicle space that I don't think many are targeting. Um, my question comes in, okay, 
First off, they have to spend billions of dollars to scale manufacturing, um, and that's going to take years, okay? So how long before this company is actually making money? It took Tesla forever, and even now they're not making a ton of money. So how long is it going to take for these new EV companies to actually make money? It's going to take a while. Um, and then I take a look at NEO. Um, it's a solid company. They're not, they're a foreign company. They're yet to be, I mean, in the US market at scale in any manner. Um, so overall, what's my opinion on EV plays? Tesla's still number one. If you want something other than Tesla to play electric vehicles, go GM or Ford because those stocks, yes, they've gone up a lot when it comes to EVs, but I think that's what people are going to turn to because partially, um, you know, those are going to be a little more inflation friendly as well. They kind of fit into the industrial um, area also. So overall, what do I think about these names? What do I think about the EVs? Well, I just told you. Go with Tesla, GM, Ford, um, and if you can get in somehow on Volkswagen, get in on Volkswagen because that's also a solid EV play. But I think we have to take a step back from Lordstown Motor, um, the Plug Power, the Lucid, um, and wait to see what all happens with their manufacturing and when we get actual timelines on when these companies are going to manufacture and how long it's going to take. Um, it'll likely be strung out with tons of delays, just like Tesla was. Um, if you look at what other companies, uh, auto companies, have dealt with in the scaling of manufacturing, it's a mess. It takes forever. Um, and that's likely going to be the same case with these new EV companies. So that's just my opinion on those. And I think that's why you're seeing the selling um, after they ran up the huge multiples and they're still at huge multiples. So let's talk about CrowdStrike. We all mostly know what CrowdStrike is, but if you don't, don't worry. I'm going to let you know. So CrowdStrike is a major cloud security company and which provides a series of endpoint security solutions through the cloud. The company's main focuses are within the antivirus protection, EDR solutions, and much more. CrowdStrike's core platform called Falcon collects data in real time and protects systems from viruses, therefore deemed an antivirus cloud software. Now, throughout just the past year alone, CrowdStrike has seen significant upside, significant upside, and not only have they seen significant upside, but wait until you hear this upside, 410% in just the past one year. Yeah, the stock's gone up 410%, supported by solid earnings numbers. Now, yes, is the uh, huge gain in the stock price insane? Yeah, it's insane. Is the multiple insane on the stock? Yes, it's insane. But look at every other tech name in the market. What are you supposed to do? Not buy tech? No, because technology is the future. You still want to be exposed somehow. So let's take a look at CrowdStrike. Now, digging into the numbers, CrowdStrike beat Q4 expectations for 2021 with uh, an EPS of 13 cents, and that's much better than the expected 8 cent EPS. Now, on a year-over-year basis, EPS improved 750%. Crazy stuff there. 750% increase in EPS alone? Hot damn. Now, we're not done because revenues also impressed, increasing by 74% year-over-year to $264.9 million. Now, for comparison, the previous year's Q4 2020 revenues was $152.1 million. So what does that tell you? Huge increases in revenues as well. In the cybersecurity industry, I just want to note before we go through the rest of the earnings here, the cybersecurity industry is only growing as companies, major companies, major governments shift over to the digital world, the digital environment, shift everything to digital. They're going to want the best security in the game. And CrowdStrike is the leader in the space. Now, 
revenues also breaking down revenues subscription revenues jumped by 77% the 244.7 million dollars which was much better than the 138.5 million dollars the previous year um, and then annual recurring revenues AR, ARR totaled 1.05 billion dollars that's a 75% increase in ARR now on a quarterly basis um 142.7 million dollars in annual recurring revenue was added throughout the quarter Q4 2021 so solid stuff there. Now, if we shift into margins and take a look at those, um, subscription gross margin on a GAAP basis um, totaled 78%, uh, which is up big time from the 75% in Q4 of 2020. So, you know, even more um, strength out of CrowdStrike here. And then income, that also impressed. Um, but when I say it impressed, it doesn't mean they turned out a positive net income. They still, unfortunately, ran a net loss um, of $19 million. But the net loss was much better than the previous year's net loss of $28.4 million. So the net loss is improving and slowly getting to a net profit, hopefully very soon. And then if we also take a look here, um, income from operations also came out negative at a loss of $15.8 million. But that's still much better than the $31.1 million operating loss from last year. So solid stuff across the board. Now, cash flows also strong um, in Q4. Operating uh, operations generated a huge $114.5 million um, in cash flows, much better than the $66.1 million a year ago. Same time, solid stuff in cash flows. Um, and then if you take a look at the full year, since it was Q4 of 2021, we can get the full year 2021 um, results. Revenues increased throughout 2021, uh, their fiscal year 2021, by 84% to a strong $874.4 million, while subscription gross margin increased uh, by 3% to 77%. So solid stuff across the board. Um, all, you know, I would say excellent numbers. Um, I don't know about you, but excellent numbers in my mind. And then if we take a look at CrowdStrike's customers, their, you know, their customer layout, how many customers they have, how many subscribers on a subscription basis. If we take a look, um, CrowdStrike added 1,480 new subscription customers throughout the quarter, bringing CrowdStrike's total subscription customer count to a large 9,896 subscribers. The jump in subscription customers represents an 82% increase year over year. I mean, could the numbers get any better here? I don't think so. Now, as for guidance, they also delivered solid numbers, expecting Q1 2022 uh, revenues to land within a range of $287.8 million to $292.1 million. Management is also expecting a positive Q1 non-GAAP net income of $10.8 to $3.9 million. Now, as for the full year 2022, uh, revenues are expected to finally cross a billion dollars at $1.3104 billion to $1.32 billion. And then on top of that, uh, non-GAP net income is projected to total 63.8 to $71.4 million for full year 2022. So amazing numbers there as well. And the projections are very bullish management, obviously, with high expectations. Now, it doesn't end there. The positivity on this company doesn't end there. Because if you shift into the balance sheet here, Oh my, uh, no debt on the balance sheet, by the way. Total liabilities, just $936, uh, $936 million compared to their assets of $1.750 billion and their cash and short-term investments of $1.060 billion. Holy smokes. Um, I mean, I don't think you can ask for a better balance sheet when it comes to a CrowdStrike-like company here with liabilities of $936, um, $936 million 
compared to an assets of 1.750 billion solid stuff there and no debt on top of that. I mean, I'm not asking for anything better. And then on a valuation basis, yes, this is where it gets a bit sticky. Um, the forward price to earnings is roughly 740 times, which is not so. Um, but we are seeing these valuations all over the place. You take a look at Tesla that was trading all the way up at like a 1500 times price to earnings. Um, and if we take a look at a lot of other companies, we see similar valuations. So at this point, um, you can't make your whole decision based on valuation, but you definitely have to take it into consideration. It seems this market, especially in the growth stocks, doesn't care at the current moment about huge valuations. It cares about future growth. And as long as CrowdStrike continues to pump out huge earnings numbers like they are and are projecting, I do believe that they continue uh, to, the stock continues to move to the upside. Now, management has done a solid job, but there could always be improvement with a return on equity of negative 11.49%, return on assets of negative 4.48%, and return on invested capital of negative 6.67%. So given all of this, what are the analysts think? Well, they have a high price target uh, of, get this, $295 per share. They have a mean price target of $252 per share and a low price target of $222 per share. So overall, not bad. Um, on the high end, you're making 51% according to the analyst, um, but definitely take that with a grain of salt because as we know, analysts aren't really the best gauge uh, when it comes to how much you're going to make. Uh, they're just kind of a giant sediment teller for you. So if the analysts are all bearish on the stock, the sediment might not be so great. But if they're bullish like they are here, the sediment in the overall market is probably solid. Now, I'd also like to talk about um, the general thesis for this stock, rounding out what I think, in short, CrowdStrike is a solid company with consistent customer growth, revenue growth, and subscription growth, um, and that is all within a booming industry. So overall, I'm positive on CrowdStrike. I'm positive on what the company can do, um, and I might be looking to add this to my personal portfolios in the very near future. So um, I'm very excited about that. Definitely one to take a look at. If you want to see the full breakdown with a technical breakdown on top of that, go to Running With The Money. Dot com It's definitely something you should check out. Uh, Peloton Breakdown is also dropping uh, right after the show on runningwiththemoney.com. So go check it out. So overall, what do I think about the markets today? Well, if I take a look at the overall market, if I take a look at a map of the overall market, what do I see? Well, tech definitely got to bounce, especially those semiconductors, which I have been buying very slowly. But the financials did a little selling today. Some credit services, a bit of selling. Real estate, some selling. Um, the industrials got sold today. Maybe um, if industrials sell off a little more, some opportunities might pop up there. But a lot of bounces in the growth stocks, which I like. So definitely look for those growth stocks that haven't made the move or the bounce. Um, but overall, kind of a flat mixed day. A whole bunch of headlines running through in the market. Not really sure what to think. Now, before I round out the show, I'd like to thank Running With The Money's first sponsor, and that is Passive. And I have one question for you, folks. Do you ever get tired of constantly keeping your portfolio well-balanced, making calculations all the time, and having to plan multiple trades just to simply rebalance your portfolio? And let's not even talk about these complicated and confusing trading platforms that take forever to learn. Well, I do. And a company called Passive has made investing easier than ever. Passive has created, in essence, autopilot for your portfolio. The Passive platform allows you to easily manage multiple portfolios on one platform, keep your portfolio well-balanced, track performance, and create one-click trades that instantly fix any issues amongst your portfolios. And that's just a few of the many awesome features offered by Passive. Go check out Passive's awesome platform and join their investing community completely free or gain access to their awesome management features for just $99 per year. And 
you know, if you want to go give it a try, go to Passive.com forward slash Luke. Once again, that's Passive.com forward slash Luke to give Passive a try and make your portfolio management a million times easier and less time consuming. Thank you, Passive, for supporting the show and all of the listeners. Thank you very much. Go give Passive a try at Passive.com forward slash Luke. That is the Running With The Money podcast. We will be back on Monday to talk the market and everything about the markets. In the meantime, study up, prepare for next week, easily profit, trade on, and I'll see you then.